What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Got run, it. Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Throws up the middle. Hands intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end down. Battle intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello and welcome into another episode of a little thing we like to call the Salty Dogs podcast. I, I, I wouldn't say little. I wouldn't say a little very thing. big thing. Well, you, do you know today is National Podcast Day? I did know that. It is the 30th of September. That is why we are doing this right yes, now, right? Yes, absolutely. It's just it really it's nice synergy. Oh, just do making you, it great. Do you listen to any other podcasts? Yeah, I listen back to them. Do you? No, I'm. Do you oh. listen to any other podcasts? Um, occasionally, yeah. It just depends on. I, sometimes I like to do it when I'm driving. Oh, you play it through your car somehow? Yeah. Bluetooth? Right. Well, what I, actually, I just put a, off my phone and put a butt in my ear. Oh, I think that's illegal. Is it? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think you're supposed to be wearing headphones. It's a butt. It's a little thing that sits in your you're ear. You're going to jail. You know. I breaking have a variety of podcasts. I breaking the law. Breaking the law. <laughs> bad boy. Bad boy. So our podcast is mostly about the Buccaneers. Yes. Although we too do tend to digress from time to time. We do have detours, yes. But um, so we are therefore talking about a 2 and one team yep. that suffered its first loss since November. Oh, before we get into the to the bad stuff, let me get into something good. Okay. Ready? We're sponsored by Beef O'Grady. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to forget that because you sidetracked me. I'll forget. And then they will not be happy, and we want them to be happy because, well, um, this is the part where we hear Scott's special Beef O'Brady's moment in time. Beef O'Brady's nugget? Yeah. I don't really got a real good one today. I'll just say that if you are there and you don't feel like wings, or you're going to talk about burgers here in a second, sure. I think. wings and burgers. There's a really good sandwich they've had for a very, very long time that apparently was named after one of their first customers called the Watterson. Really? It's really good. What is it? It's like roast beef and some kind of cheese, and it's warm and it just tastes good. It's really good. I like it. All right. Well, mark that down. Yeah. Uh, if that's not what you're looking for in a sandwich, if you want wings and beer, beers and wings, nobody combines them better than Beef O'Brady's. You can start with the award-winning traditional or boneless wings in a variety of sauces and dry rubs. Uh, next, you pick up your brew, which is always important to me. Beef's has all your faves on tap. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets beer and wing time all the time. Now I'm right. hungry. I know. Because I, you made me come over I, here before I could eat my lunch. Well, what I was going to say is I, I'm thirsty. I ate my lunch. Yours so I'm the one sacrificing. Yours, yours didn't get delivered? Oh, you were working. I was transcribing um, quotes. Okay. All right. So um, what, I, what I introduced last week, I think, uh-huh. that I want to do every week is your favorite thing from the last game. Yeah. Obviously, that wasn't a win. Mm. But we did have 446 yards of offense, so there was some good stuff. Uh-huh. Do you have a favorite thing from the game? Uh, the mariachi band. Two things. <laughs> I love the mariachi band. Okay. I thought that was so awesome. 
they they played mariachi music, but they mixed it with contemporary music. It, it was really a, an interesting combination that they did. I like that. Okay, that's a good answer. But I even got one even better than that one. I loved the guitar rift. Now I don't riff. Know, yes, riff. riff. Where, a rift is like a where, chasm. Where the um, we were having a discussion. It was a very. It was um, a really. I don't know if it, she was a famous guitarist or, but you know, it's L.A. So who knows? You know, talents out there all over the place. Um, really loved how they incorporated uh, those songs. Just, just the, the portion that makes you smile. Okay. Yeah. That was good job. That's what I liked. What good answer. Like? Um, I liked the Chris Godwin touchdown run. Oh. I, I like good things happen when we let Chris run the ball. Yeah. If you remember. He had the little end around that sealed the, that got us to the final first down in Green Bay in the NFC Championship game uh-huh. that sealed that win and kind of slid to the ground to stay in bounds. Yep. This was another good play because basically it's asking him to take that ball in the underneath handoff and um, keep going um, parallel to the line of scrimmage until he sees the moment when he can cut up and get through the defenders to the end zone. Right. It did not, I don't think it was anything like a gimme. I mean, as the play was happening, and it was a third down, mm-hmm. I was a little bit concerned that it wasn't going to work. Um, but he did a really nice job of, of cutting through some defenders and getting in the end. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I mean, gosh, you know, a guy throws over 400 yards and four touchdowns, you think you're going to win, you he, know? No, we didn't have four touchdown passes. No, no, I'm just saying just having touchdowns. Well, we had three. Three, okay. I was wishing. If that had been, um, if, you know, Tom handed it to Chris in front of him, if he had, like, you know, they shovel. do that little slight shovel or even just let go of it for a second, yeah. uh, that would have been considered a pass. And would have padded Tom Brady's passing totals. And since he ended up getting another touchdown to Gio Bernard at the end of the game, that would have been two touchdowns. And it would have been the 14th straight game in which he had thrown at least two touchdowns, which would have tied a record. Wow. Fortunately for him, it would have tied his own record. So it's <laughs> not like he lost the record. Yeah, you don't want to beat your own record. Him and Aaron Rodgers share that I, record. I, did, I, look at, I look at that game as just missed opportunities. I, I thought there were chances and it wasn't there. And and you know what? You got to you know the Rams are a good team. They are good. They're a very good team. And I think we'll see them again. The, you know, this isn't quite the same thing, but after the first game, remember against Dallas mm-hmm. and there was some there was a number of things that didn't go very well in that game. Too many turnovers, penalties, things like that. And um I remember what we said, I, I think I said it, but you agree with me, that the takeaway, like, after the game, maybe the next day was, you know what, we didn't play very well. No. I think they were a good opponent, mm-hmm. and we still won. Right. Okay, so that was my takeaway from week one. It's not quite the same thing, because you, you, you want to get the win, but at the beginning of, actually, when the when the schedule came out, I think I had to write some kind of mailbag question or something, it was like, what do you see as the toughest challenge on the schedule? that you see, you look at it. And to me, it was the Rams mm-hmm. because I already knew they're off, their defense was great. They were number one in the league last year, both points and yards. They have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and you could put nine, pretty much anybody's yeah. with those two, and you're going to have a great defense. And you, um, and then they had tr- swapped Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford, who then now has all these great receivers to work with. And it just looked on paper like a great formula, and we're seeing that it is. Well, what they were missing before was the long ball, and now they have it. And, and we saw that a couple of times. That's um, 100% true. Yeah, and, and it was it. I I forgot Deshaun Jackson was he's fast. Uh, yeah, well, he's, what, 32, 34, yeah, something I like that? I would think probably more towards yeah. the ladder there. I mean, quick. Some guys are – I mean, Joey Galley was still fast I in know. his 30s. Jeez, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I, I – I, I, I think a couple things, too, on that game. Um, I think the crowd was really in it, and it's really a game where 
I would have to say it's the loudest stadium that I've been to. Really? I really Louder believe. than Kansas City and Seattle? Yes, I really believe that. Now, it could be just because where we were positioned and mm-hmm. the sound system was so loud. Um, the music was so loud that it, it made you feel like it was louder. But everybody on the field was saying it was crazy. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. Were you in, it was we, in closed press box. Well, see, you were. That's why you had the open air. We had well, yeah, we had them open the windows. I mean, I, I heard from the players that it was very, very loud. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't heard anybody around the league yet saying that it's louder than like Kansas City or Seattle. Uh, it's pretty strong. Um, it's going to rank up there. It was a very cool looking place. It, it is huge. It, it's a, it's the biggest footprint I've ever seen on a stadium. Yeah. Not only because it's a stadium, but before the, it was Dallas, right? Yeah, be, because of the parking lots, and then NFL Films is right yeah. across the little street there. Yeah, um, I I will say, if you're a fan, I think it would be one of the cooler places to go to. If you do, though, I would suggest like Ubering to the game or or something, or, or being able to walk yeah. because. The traffic around the stadium after Crazy. the game was insane. I, you know, it's funny you say about it, the Ubering. I wrestled with that about whether renting a car or Ubering, and then I decided to. Well, the Uber driver would have had just as much trouble with the traffic. Yeah, but when you're driving, it's a little more irritating. It is very. Fr- I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I was sitting in the back seat of our <laughs> rental car. Yeah, but that's because you love to drive, and, go, yeah. and I hated it. I would have preferred to be driving. <laughs> Carmen well, was driving, and she actually did a really good job. Yeah, but she was aggressive at the right moment. Yeah, you were. Were you being a backseat? No, I kept my mouth shut i just was like gritting my teeth (laughs) not at her driving (laughs) i'm seriously she did a good job but that traffic and that stop and go and every light it was it took us like 45 minutes to get from the hotel from the stadium to the airport and that's like a three mile trip yeah crazy it was crazy that was the bad part so if you can figure out a way to avoid the traffic then the whole the rest of the day should be a very good experience so you know we ended up so I, i didn't finish that statement sure if you're going to lose to somebody, I didn't think, some people around here would think, oh, the Bucks are going to go 17-0. No. I never thought we were no. going to go 17-0. I don't think you should ever think a team's going to go down. That's hard. I mean. So, um, if you were going to lose one game, I'm not saying you would pick this one because you would like to beat your best sure. opponents. But the least, maybe the least surprising game on the schedule, a road game in California against the Rams, was probably, maybe it will end up being the biggest challenge we face all year. Play that game again. I agree with you with missed opportunities. The the Buccaneers defense did a good job on the first two possessions by L.A. I always want to say Detroit because of Matthew Stafford. In sure. fact, when I was writing the game story, I said Detroit like three times and had to fix it. I might have missed one and left it in there. But they we stopped them the first two drives. And the week before against Atlanta, the Bucs' offense had gotten off to a great start, just right down the field like a knife through warm butter. Right. Or is it a warm knife through butter? Warm knife through butter. Like a warm knife through butter, and the second drive was Warm going butter great. through a knife would be, like, <laughs> really, really soupy. But I said a knife through warm butter. Okay. Like if you left it out for a little sure. while. So you knew by dinner time you'd be able to spread it on the rolls I, easily. That's what. So now yeah, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're talking about Matthew Stafford. Well. You're talking about. We got him about, off the field the first couple times. Yeah, how, how we had opportu- missed But the Bucks' offense had two, three and outs, and then, like, one mm-hmm. first down. And so they failed to ju- – they had a chance to jump on top. Yep. If they had, I could very – you can always say this, sure. but I could very easily see that game unfolding differently. And even if it didn't, even if the Buccaneers' defense did not do a good job of stopping Stafford the rest of the way, we still would have had a chance to win in a shootout like we did with Dallas mm-hmm. because we would have had maybe 10 points or something, and that's what we ended up losing by. Right. So at the end when we were trying to come back, it was just too big. The offense was rolling. It was just too big of a 
a margin. Yeah, and yeah. of course, as is always the case in these situations, some of all the yards that we piled up probably had a little bit to do with them laying back and yeah. making us take all the time in the world. The, that touchdown drive took eight minutes. Yeah, I believe. crazy, isn't it? Um, I think that when I looked at the schedule and I looked at that game, I thought that was the game that you had to play your best to win because yeah. I really thought the Rams were good. Yeah. I didn't believe Dallas was going to be that good, but three weeks now into the season and having them and watch them. Yeah, they look pretty good. They look pretty good. I, uh, yeah, I agree with that. We, wow, I'm just green, on, crazy. I know. I don't like when that happens. I no, I know what I was going to say. To me, the, the single biggest thing, the biggest glaring problem, and the reason why you're not going to win that game unless it changes, mm-hmm. is we could not get pressure. And yeah. that's that's surprising to me. Through three weeks, we have gotten very little pressure. Yeah. And I think I think Shaq Barrett and those guys are, like, taking it upon themselves this week. Like, this has to change. Like, they think that their, what, their performance is what needs to change in order for us to get back on the winning track. Right. He said today, we're not going to – because we only got one sack in each game so far. He goes – that's not going to happen again. We're not going to have another game this year where we only get one sack. Yeah. It's a pretty bold thing to well, say because it tends every now and then that happens. Yeah. But he's pretty well, fired up. Well, the, the way it's set up is if the front four doesn't get in there, if you don't have it, then, then the, the corners are going to have issues. Yeah. Or they're going to be challenged. And let's face it, you know, we're, we're, we're banged up back We're there. banged up. And as Bruce Arian said, you, you know, you can't afford to have that no pass rush when your secondary is, you know, kind of in transition. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. That's that was the story of the game, but but it, that's the story of a football season, and that is can you can you remain yeah. healthy? Well, yeah. And, I mean, we didn't have JPP, but I still think we should be able to get to the quarterback sure. a little more than we did, and, and those yeah. guys do too. Mm-hmm. They do think that, and you know, Shaq was also saying that it could be this week, but if it's not this week, it's going to be very soon that Joe Tryontrenka is going to have a um, breakout game. He's he's really predicting that that's going to happen soon. He so. uh, he's really a smart young man. He uh, try him? Uh, yeah, very very much so. Um, well, his sisters went to medical school. Right? Yes, uh, if you um, if you look on the Buccaneers app or on the Buccaneers dot com, uh, Bucks Total Access, he's on there. He was on he was Monday's guest. Oh yeah, you said that went really yeah, well, and he was really really good. good. I, I was surprised how. Got to get him on here sometime. Yeah, yeah we are going to work on that. <laughs> um, we had so, like I said, we had 24 passing first downs in the yeah. game. That ties a record for us. Jeez. We had 446 yards of offense. Brady threw for 432 gross yards. Mm-hmm. The net passing yards was more like 406 because of sacks. But that's 430. Do you realize that that game was the most yards he's thrown in a game as a Buck so I, far? Did I, it feel like that? No, it I didn't. I, after I looked at the stats, I thought they were wrong <laughs> because the game I was watching certainly didn't make me get cranked up over, yeah. over the yardage. 432 passing yards. That's wow. the most he's had. It's the fifth most that the Buc- uh, Buccaneers quarterback has ever done. Crazy. And in looking at that list. But I, see, it always reminds me, you know, that, that term, stats are for losers. Well, it's, yeah, I, I've never completely agreed yeah. with that, but I understand the point. Sure. Uh and, and certainly well, one stat matters, and that's the points. Yeah, that's what I did. See what I did there. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, and I think coaches, when they say things like that, the 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 point that it's actually taken me a little while to really internalize is that there are a lot of stats that aren't going to matter. And like for instance, I don't think any coach, defensive coach in this league, cares where their defense ranks in terms of yards allowed. No. They don't care at all. No. You know. No. So um, you've seen good defenses that. 
you know, what matters is keeping the points up. The, the only board. people who care about stats are fantasy football players. Well, and people right? that have to write about it. Right, but that's that is it. That is You the, say that with such disdain. I'm in your just voice. I'm just listen, it hurts it's, me, it's, Jeff. it's a multi billion dollar business. I get it. I understand it. But it's it's not gonna be anything close to what legalized betting is. Oh going to wow, be. that is that that's has become very huge. It's going to. But it, you know, it's always been there. It just hasn't been on the table. So you know what speak. is one of the weirdest records in the Bucks record book and right. I when I, Brady as I said 432 yards was the fifth most ever. Doug Williams still holds the record for most passing yards in that's a game. 486. He was good, man. Yeah, but think of the differences in the eras. Right. Doug Williams probably didn't have 10 300-yard games. And back then, they didn't th- they didn't throw the ball as That's much. That's what I'm it saying. Was, it was... Uh, how, what, so uh, in some random... Student body left, student body <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. In some random game against Minnesota in 1980, he threw for 486 yards, and nobody has broken that yet. Wow. After all, and, and now we're routinely... We're surprised when Tom Brady doesn't have 300 yards in a game. He usually does at this point. Sure. I mean, we're, he's averaging something like 340 yards right now. So it's just amazing to me that that record still belongs to Doug Williams, who was a great quarterback, but he played in a totally different era. No question. And that was a big defensive team. That wasn't a – the Bucks back then yeah. were all about defense. Yep. That's right. Yep. The first great defensive era mm-hmm. of the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to have to get to this New England game here in a moment. Sure. But before we do that, um, I think we've said enough about the Rams game. Um, but, well, other than the fact I, w- I wrote this down and I wanted to say it, the Rams were 10 of 15 on third downs. And the Bucks right now are allowing 53.2% conversion rate on third downs. We talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. last week, that um, that's a that's a that's something that is surprising. But, again, I think it comes down to – no pressure on the quarterback because right. well, they can even convert third and sevens, third and eights with pretty good um, percentages right. when they have that much time to throw. But it all starts you know, defensively on pressure on the quarterback. You give a guy time, he's going to pick you apart. Come you know on, what? That's it, common sense. You, you just look at this. You look at us roll up 440-something yards in no. a loss, and you look at every game we played, teams are, are piling up yards and points. And I think where we are in the NFL right now, the way that teams are winning is you just be really good at offense. And hope your defense comes around. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are right now. Yep. We're really good at offense. That's not going to change unless the injuries pile up too much. And even then with Tom Brady, we'll st- still probably be pretty good. But we're really good on offense. And we think we have a good defense because it's the same players as last year. Uh-huh. And um, one more year under the belt. We love our defensive coordinator. Um, so we're hoping the defense comes along. And I, and I think there's reason to be hopeful about that. Yeah. And, and gosh, you know, I mean, it was a 10-game win streak. Yeah, it was one game. One game. And, and you think, oh, my God, the world's falling apart. But if you look back, just look at last year. Yeah. Uh, you get into November, and like we talked about, it, no one thought the team could go on a run. So yeah, now we're 7-5. It's early. You do like this. I mean, we had a game against uh, New Orleans that didn't look good. We had yeah. a game against the Kansas City Chiefs that didn't look good. So, I mean, it's it's certainly something to... It's um, just, I know, you could say we've won 10 in a row and then lost one and right. the skies are falling, but that's what, after a loss, sure. you it hurts. You tend to focus on the things that are not going well. Well, And people start to worry because they think, could, could a terrible defense derail our chances at another Super Bowl? Sure, and you also go back to the Dallas game and say, well, if we didn't get the pick, we didn't get that, oh, you know, you didn't play your best ball, but you won, so... You know, whenever you whenever you lose, the warts show a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce. That's that's why Bruce Arians always says after games that are close, he says, "You learn a lot of lessons when you lose, but it's a lot 
more fun to learn lessons when you barely win. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, along those I'm lines. all about that. So, yeah, I mean, who is winning with defense in the NFL right now? No one. Maybe maybe Denver, although Teddy Bridgewater's been great, mm-hmm. and they've got a lot of great receivers. Mm-hmm. Maybe New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is probably the best one because Jameis has been a little bit up and down, but their offense hasn't been that explosive. Yeah, that, that particular game in New England could have ended – as a loss, as easily as a mm. victory. If, but the defense played really well. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the last play? Or no. Did you see it? Um, they're in the red zone. Uh, looked like Jameis was about to get sacked. He falls back oh, and yeah. he heaves the ball up in the air, and yeah. it's a touchdown. One of those you only live once. You know, fifty-fifty. You know, we yeah. lived it where it was an interception. Yeah. So. If he keeps doing that, it but that will made. Be. But that made me say. That made me go. Don't underestimate New England. They they've got a great defense. They mm-hmm. really do. And I don't think there's any. That's not just lip service. They legitimately have a, ver- a very good defense, and they they generally do have good defenses, and sure. they're very well coached. Yep, no question. So okay, um, before we move on to the New England game, we did have some pretty big news this week. Um, I'll give you five seconds to remember what it was. Five. Mm, let me think. Is this an act? Is this an act? No. Come on. I actually got to meet uh, Richard Sherman. Yeah, I saw you having a little conversation with him. He seemed like a pretty animated guy. Dude, it was really cool. Yeah, he seemed nice. You know, we've done this for a long time. And talking to players, you talk to players. But when a player of his magnitude comes, I know exactly where you're going with this. I agree. No, go ahead. Uh, Just that you have a perception of them. You think, you know, and your perception is normally antics on the field your perception is maybe some media coverage and i'm not downing the media coverage i'm just saying that yeah th- that he's had moments those are the portions that you see but then i'm a big believer in me- when i meet somebody uh pretty quick um how i view them how mm-hmm. I, you know I'm pretty you make a first impression and it's very much so and it's um but the fact that uh he could be just so different he wasn't he was he was very humble. So he to also speak. seemed very engaging. With he you. he was. It was funny because he he sat down and he looked at me and I said, "Yeah, this is one of our cooler days." And <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Man, they, they're telling me it's this hot." <laughs> I go, "I said, yeah." I, I said, "This isn't Seattle or San Francisco." I said, "This isn't." Uh, well, at least he was smart I, enough to skip training camp. Yeah. Well, that's what exactly what he said to me. <laughs> he, we were, I, I said, "You timed it right." I yeah. said, "Veteran move," and he, he goes, "I can't imagine what training camp would be." Said, but he's going to be surprised when October remains very hot as, yeah. as the last couple of years. But I think, like all players, they adjust to it. Sure. They just they just shake their heads at it. Yeah, you know. So I agree with your point. We've discussed it on these podcasts before that it's an interesting part of this business when a, a well-known veteran who might have a certain um, persona, yeah, persona or or a reputation, sure. and I don't mean reputation right. in necessarily in a bad way, just a reputation of who they are and what they're about and how they interact with the media and how they interact with other players and so on. And lots of times, what you might expect. Is different, and mm-hmm. my two favorite examples of this have always been one was Joey Galloway, yeah. because it, you get these you get this feeling of a prima donna, another prima donna yeah. receiver who forced his way into a trade, yeah. and yep. and you're like, here's this is going to be one of these guys, and then he comes, and he's one of my favorite he's guys I've ever met here, great guy, Love, no just question. nice to everybody, um, he smart. Was a, he was I I did a, a number of different uh, radio shows with him um, throughout the year. We did a number of years with Joey. 
treats everybody could, great. Could not be more professional. Yeah, and then Chris Sims when he was at Texas uh-huh. was a was a whipping boy for the fans because Major Harris yes. or whatever it was Major Yeah, wow. Applewhite? Was it Major Applewhite? Yeah, I think it was. Major Applewhite I think was the quarterback the that every the fans loved and Chris Sims was the son of an NFL corner quarterback and and people thought he was just being gifted the job. Uh-huh. And you know, you think okay, so he's going to come in here a big head son of sure. an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Another just one of the nicest guys you'll mm-hmm. ever meet, and not in any way like I, like the fans made him out to be. No, no, and the people who I thought were going to be really awesome, not <laughs> so much. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah, we that's, won't we won't name that's those names. for another podcast. Let's not name those. No, names. not no. while we're still employed. By no, the no, not at all. But yeah, so the news was Richard Sherman signed. Um, Which I think is going to help, I, not only on the field, but I think it's going to help in the room. It's, it is funny how they those guys have never had a veteran, an older veteran leader before. They never have. And he was already engaged yeah. he, when he came out. He was already engaged. I saw, you know, he was standing there. You could see that showing motions. I mean, here's the other thing: he's played a long time. You know, and you get near the end of your career, you want another shot at a ring. Yeah. And that he was certainly a, has it. That was a funny thing that somebody who was it that said it. I think it was maybe Bruce. He's like. So when, um, or maybe it was Richard himself. Yeah, it was Richard himself because he was talking about how he was talking it over with his wife and would she be all right with him, you know, going across the country to play football. And he said, yeah, I did bring up the Tom Brady called. And I kind of felt like when Tom Brady calls, you come to Tampa because if you don't, you're going to regret not coming. Yeah, which is true. So it was kind of like to me, and then Bruce said it, but I already felt this way. It's very much similar to what the Bucks did last year with guys like, Gronkowski and Fournette and Brown, and it seemed like, man, are the Bucks just going to sign every thirty-something yeah. veteran yeah. that's out there? Hey. Uh, but it was it was great. Like Antonio Brown in particular arrived at a point when our our needed re- receiver we were banged up yeah. a receiver, and um and and he was called a like the best possible insurance policy yeah. that the Buccaneers could find at that time, and it'd be you, there aren't normally five-time Pro Bowl cornerbacks. Hanging out. Still sitting out there that you can sign when you start to get banged up at that position, but you still want to make sure you make the most of this championship window mm-hmm. that you have. So you're going to continue to be ultra-aggressive, and by you I mean Jason Light and Bruce Arians. They're going to continue to be ultra-aggressive because, I mean, first of all, it worked last year. And second, these aren't just normal, like, in, at the end of their career, 30- or 40-year-olds. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these guys, like Tom Brady, of course, sure. Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, they all have something left in the tank. Right. And it looks to keep, to me the case with Richard Sherman. He missed all but five games last year, so it's a little yeah. hard to judge last year. But the year before, he was he in the Pro Bowl. Year. Yeah. He was in the Pro Bowl. The, you know what's interesting about that? If you're 32 years old and you're looking at Tom Brady, you're thinking to yourself, shoot, I can get another 12 years in right now. <laughs> it was funny because he was talking about the famous interception that mm-hmm. um, that Sherman had off him, and he goes, he was kind of young at the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Tom Brady was already like yeah. well into his career. You think of um, Richard Sherman as a kind of older NFL player. Yeah, Tom Brady was in eight years. <laughs> Tom Brady was already in for like yeah. a decade um, when he's still calling him a young guy. You know, it's interesting with Richard Sherman coming here. Uh, I thought he handled a question really, really well. And that question was about um, there was an incident in Seattle, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and he addressed it immediately. And... I liked when he was talking about, you know, he asked his wife if he could come here, and they agreed and all of that. And I liked what he said that out of a really bad situation, you know, for himself, that something good came out of it, and that was to get help. 
and I thought it was interesting when he made the comment about as a these are what he said as a black man he said in the black community. in the black community you are taught you know i'll take care of it yeah. i'll take care and of it and a lot of men and a lot of men period, period are, are you don't that. cry you right. don't you know you don't ask for help don't ask for help and the fact that he is getting help and is getting support and he sees how valuable it is i think that's an issue that needs to be addressed more and more it's we, happening more and it more is. a lot of more athletes are talking about it yeah, now and openly and and what it, if he broke his leg or he broke his arm or something like that to get medical help, you would say, absolutely, that's what you need. Right. You know, or professional help, that's what you need. Yeah. And um, I liked how he addressed it. He hit it head on, but I I, not only, of course, you expect people to say they're remorseful and all of that, but I like the fact that he is talking about there is, there are are avenues if you feel that way. You are not alone. Mm -hmm. So... I, I applaud that, and we have the. And he mentioned the support system in this building, and there is a support yeah, system a good in one. this building, and mm-hmm. it's very, very promising. And when people go, "Oh, you're bringing another problem player," if you well, want to use that term, yeah. clearly not the case. Right. But um, you know, I think too, people have to understand that athletes are also human too. So yeah. but most people look, make mistakes at some point, and obviously yeah. some of them are harder to forgive than other ones. Correct. But, but I liked what he said. They all seem like they're in a good place yep. now. Yeah, but yeah, I think he's still a very good player that can help a lot. Uh, you know, so like we we're saying, seeing these guys up close, oh, some yeah. some of his personality. But sometimes you're also like, man, he's really like tall and long. You know, how I, they say cornerbacks are long if they I, have long arms. Well, he, he was a wide receiver before. Yeah, right? that's what Tom Brady was and, saying. I know, and that that was the first thing I thought of when I was I was standing. Next Looks like a receiver. He looked de- like a Mike Evans type. Scott, that's exact. When I was standing, I was kind of like. You know he's tall. He's tall for a corner. Yeah, and I, I was, I was somewhat puzzled by that. And then, then my first thought was, wow, he's really lost a lot of weight. And then I realized, no, that's, that's his physique. Built. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd have, and I know that our guys, our coaches like bigger, longer mm-hmm. cornerbacks. And so, we, if at some point you have Carlton Davis and Richard Sherman and Jamel Dean out there, that's a, that's a big and long group of corners. Yeah, and well, it too. I thought it was interesting. Everybody saying, hey, are you going to play? You're going to play. I don't know. I, it'll be fun to see if he at least dresses. That will be fun. If I were Batman, I'd think he dresses. I would, too. As the way Coach put it, it would have to be a lot of guys would have to be injured for him to be in the game. But if he's not active, then even if your guys get injured, he can't go in the game. And I would rather have him there as your maybe fifth corner, um, just knowing that he's available just in case. Because if, even if he doesn't know the defense great yet, he's still what probably be play pretty well. One of the things that um, I did – when I was talking with Richard Sherman, I said to him, I always remember Martin Mayhew, who played for Washington. He's not a tall corner. He's not a tall corner. But a great dude. But Martin Mayhew told me that when he was a rookie, he would be running around all over the field all the time. Run, 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 (laughs) run, run. run. When he became a veteran, he didn't have to run all over the field because he knew where the ball. to go. (laughs) And that's what I, and that's what I said to Richard. And I, and he made the comment. Yeah. in this heat, you have to know. Oh, that's a good point. But that's the difference. You can put him in and he can recognize something. It's not like he's not played against new England before and and seen what their offense does. You know I mean? It's without Tom Brady. Yeah. With Mac Jones, I think it's probably a little bit different. I think they're trying to establish the run a little bit. And Mm. this is a nice little transition segue by you, Jeff. To us talk about the New England game, but before that, um, I've got a little. I can drop a little uh, Martin May- Mayhew fact nugget. I, on I you. like it. You, you ready? I am. Martin Mayhew and his wife and Giselle and I got married on the exact same day. 
Not the same day of the year, like March 5th, but the exact same day. Really? May 20th, 1995. Wow. So did you have a dual wedding? I probably didn't know that oh. he was getting married because oh. <laughs> he was a player and I was a, what, fourth-year PR guy. So we probably didn't really hang out. <clears throat> but we've he, talked about it since. You know, you talk about players. We were talking He's in about Washington now, right? Uh, he is. When we were talking about players and how you interact with him, when he was here, he left and he ended up going to Detroit. Yeah. He was in the front office in Detroit. And every time we would play yeah. the Rams, he always came by yeah. the radio booth. He did. Always, I, always, I always see always. him, too. We played against San Francisco. Of course, John Lynch was out there, and he brings Martin in. We're standing in the press box, and he came up. Hello, how are you? It's good yeah. to see you again. Dude. Yeah, and that, those, that's kind of special. I'm, and I'm happy for him because I think he has a shot to do something in Washington. Hope so. And so, yeah, he's one of the good guys. The, yeah, he is, which they need there. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you talk some, about need some good issues. Yes. And they, they, Ron Rivera's and a good guy, too. I, well, that was the other thing I was going to say. I think they have the right head coach in there to turn the corner. Right. And uh, now with the front office, uh, I just hope they changes. Don't, I hope they don't turn the corner until, like, when do we play them? Week seven or eight yeah, or something? Yeah. After oh, that, oh, they can go ahead and Next turn the year, they can be as good as they want <laughs> to be, but not this year. You know, I, another note. We are talking about, I don't know if I said it before, but Brady going up to New England. If he beats New England, he will have beaten all 32 teams. Yeah. And the only other guys who have done that are Favre and Manning and maybe Breeze probably. Sure. Um, so that's cool. Ryan Fitzpatrick has not beaten every team in the league. No. But he has started against every team in the league yeah. except the Buccaneers. Yeah, I thought you were going to say he has played for every team in the league. <laughs> he's played for nine of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's how he started it, against every team in the league except he, the Buccaneers. He's also a good guy. Yeah, too. he's a good, guy. good Yeah, um. As as we progressing into this New England, but stuff. I didn't finish that okay, because I, this was supposed to be the year when he was going to check the bucks up the list, and then he gets hurt. Uh, I mean, he could be right. back by the time we play him, but right now it's mm. is it Taylor Henneke or Tyler Henneke? I think it's Taylor. I think it is the guy Taylor. that played against us in the played the really well, by the way. Oh, um, remember a few weeks ago we were talking about uh, we were gonna eventually be playing in New England, and we were talking about when Tom Brady was going to break the yeah. record. And I said he was going to break it before the half. And if I remember right, you were telling me how many yards he would have yeah. to get through. I, I, I'm I going on a limb here. I think he's <laughs> going to break it before the first quarter's over. We with. were talking about it, and I was explaining how many yards he'd have to get. I think it was after the first week. It was. So there were two games before that, mm-hmm. and I was explaining if we if he averaged about 300 yards a game, this is how much of it. What happened was he got 432 yards in Detroit, so now he took most of the um, – most of the worry. No, he got it in L.A., but you're thinking about I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken a quarterback and made him a team. Well, he be, he was the face That's of the Lions. He was. Yes. Megatron in him. Other than that, what well, do you got? Well, okay, then, but you know, there was before that, there was Barry Sanders. Well, I understand that, but Barry Sanders hasn't played in 20s, what, two years? I think Barry Sanders, if I could only have one running back. If I'm starting a team and I get a running oh, back yeah. as prime, I want Barry Sanders. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't poo poo uh Walter Payton. There's a lot of great choices, yeah. but the yeah. guy I want is Barry Sanders. Sure. No. You know, I always feel um it's funny. Um I always feel uh happy or it's self-satisfaction for myself to be able to say I saw Walter Payton play. Mm-hmm. I saw Barry Sanders. Yeah. You know, when you hear great players and people talk about them, but actually getting to see it. I, I, yes, I, I remember I, many times watching Barry Sanders run for 80-yard touchdowns uh, against us. Remember the time he decleated John Lynch? Yes. yes wow. Yes. That, you know what? That became a Cadillac commercial at one really? time. Yes. 
Yeah, so. John Lynch was a great player, and he also oh, had yeah. he had one of the main, one of the most memorable hits on yeah. Barry Sanders and Barry Sanders' career. He, in fact, he mentioned that in trying to help us with John's yeah. um, Hall of Fame. He lived a space in your mind. Yes, was it? he 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 left. He occupied a spot in your mind. That that's what Barry Sanders said about John Lynch, which was a fantastic quote Good. coming from another Hall of Famer. Um, so John Lynch was is a Hall of Fame player. He had some great moments against Barry Sanders, but he also had that one moment, which right. I'm sure he would laugh about now if he was here with oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got him, like, all turned around. <sighs> Crazy. Anyway, but he could do that with all those moves. So, yeah, so to put the number on it, Tom Brady is now going into New England needing just 68 yards to break Drew Brees' record, which is crazy. Barring something crazy happening, there's no way that's not happening. So now the question becomes, who's it going to be? I had somebody ask me that. Who's going to catch the pass that helps Tom Brady break the record? And there's just no possible way of knowing. Mm. I mean, the highest volume guy we got, your best bet is Chris Godwin because he catches, he gets the most targets and catches the most passes. Yeah, but wouldn't you? You uh, want to be Gronk. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was But Jeff, say. we don't know for sure that Gronk's no, no, playing. No, right, right, and that's true. That's very, very true. He hasn't practiced yet. No, no. But you think he's good for a couple of plays? I think he'll play. You know? I mean, I, d- I don't know because he could be down there so sore that it doesn't matter how tough of a guy he is or right. how great of an occasion it is. If he can't play, he can't play. But if I'm betting, I'm betting that he's going to play. Yeah. Well, if any opportunity to, yes, no question. Um, so so he's got he go, Drew Brees is going to be there because well, he does the pregame show for NBC. Sure, sure. It's back in New England. Yep. I. It's a conspiracy theory, although not a negative one, really, that the NFL purposely put this game in week four because they looked at the numbers and thought, there's a good shot he could break the record in that game. I be- I kind of believe it. It's not that hard to do the math. Uh, yeah, well, they're doing a lot. I, first of all, first of all. If he was anywhere from one to 350 yards yeah. away from the record, which is a pretty pretty but, wide variety of possible but, results in the first three games, but, but he's got for, a shot. But first of all, the, the Tom Brady going to New England is a big enough story as it is. I know, but it just okay. makes it even cooler. The reason why you play it early in the season is because you weren't sure how good New England was going to be. So you want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, you could have made a game bet. one. You could have. You couldn't, actually, because we were going to get the home game yeah. in week one. But you could have right. made it week two. Sure. Um, but they made it week four. I'll have to. He I, wasn't going to break it in week. I, I'll have to talk to my friend Mike North, who's on the scheduling committee, and just yeah. go, "Hey, Mike, by any chance, did you think that was going to?" And and knowing Mike, he's going to go, "Yeah, that's exactly." What he came into the year, I think, needing like eleven fifty-five. Yeah. So you weren't going to get that in two weeks. No. But you do the math. That's a pretty good bet for four weeks no. at the rate that he was putting up yards last pretty year. Pretty exciting, though. It's great, and I don't know what they're going to do. Do you think they'll stop the game for a yeah, little bit? Yeah, I was talking to my counterpart in New you England. You were counting your talking Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I couldn't even get that out. Right. <laughs> I was talking to my counterpart, and he was saying, he was kidding around, and he jokingly said, if it's up to Mr. Kraft, yes. If it's up to Bill, no. And then he chuckled, and he goes, no. He goes, honestly, I do think they'll they'll stop. It's not going to be an elaborate thing. I think it's going to be one of those, catch the ball, grab the ball. Here, Tom, here's the yeah, ball. Yeah, no, not like Tom. Tom looks at the ball, takes the ball, and throws it to the, to Brad or, or, or whatever equipment you know, guy Mike now or whoever. Has to make sure he yeah, keeps that on Put the tape on it, right, Brady's ball, and then, you know, put it in there. I Yeah, they're going to. 
you know NBC is going to make a big deal out, out of it because Drew Brees is there. You know, his yeah. own record's getting. Are we boring, Jewel? Are we boring you? Well, you generally are, yeah, but wow. that was, I think I'm just tired. Wow. You didn't have to tell the audience that I was yawning. We could though. hear it. You, you could not. I covered my mouth. I'm going to play the tape okay, back. Okay, you don't need to do that. It, those of you who want to write in, tell, tell Scott that you can hear him, A, snap his fingers, B, click his pen, C, cough without hitting the cough button. Thank you very much. Are you done? I am. So, um, ready to do our guest? Or you still got more? Well, I mean, did we talk enough about this New England game? Well, you're at 30. I guess there's only really one thing. Well, yeah, what is there? It's just th- one thing. It's one story. It's Unfortun- Tom Brady. Unfortunately, it is just one story. I mean, because uh, it also has the, it's also going to have the widest gap in age between the two starting quarterbacks yeah. in, in, ever in any game ever with him and Mac Jones. It's going to be the young and the old. There no are matter. there are some players in this league who are younger than the difference between Tom Brady and <laughs> Mac Jones. And both of them will say, and I know Mac Jones did say this week, that it's not Tom Brady versus it's Mac not. Jones. It's not. It's Tom Brady versus 11 defenders and Mac Jones versus 11 defenders. But still. Yeah. Whichever quarterback plays better, his team's probably going to win. I I. I I'm curious to see what kind of chess match it is because, A, Belichick knows Brady, but don't forget, Brady knows Belichick. Yeah. And and so, but I thought Bruce Arians had an interesting comment about, um, Belichick made a comment about they're running pretty much the same offense as he ran up here. And then I loved what Bruce said. Yeah, we've been running that offense since 2000, and you've been copying yeah, it Yeah, they took since. it from us. <laughs> and I, I thought that was great. But there are, you know, seriously, uh, there there are no real secrets in the NFL. You see film. You, 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 you know what's going on. The question is, are you in the right position to make, to execute that particular play? Yeah. And, and that's what it boils down. I don't think that the offense, or at least, I don't know if the structure is the same or similar or plays are similar, but I don't think the type of offense that we're playing with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady is really that similar to what he was doing in the last few years in New England. It's because he's got better weapons, and I've got the stats here. Uh Um, So in his last two years in New England, his average air yards per attempt was 7.6 yards. His percentage of deep passes of all his passes was 9.1. And his vertical route percentage was 17.4. So his air yards per attempt with the Bucks is up to 9.1, which is a whole lot more than 7.6 mm-hmm. on average. He's throwing deep on 13.6% of his passes and vertical routes on 20.9% of his passes. So clearly a lot more deep shots. In fact, he has attempted the most deep passes in the NFL since the start of last year, 102 of them. 13 wow. more than Aaron Rodgers. Okay, that's half the story. But most of those numbers are based on Last year, like how many times have we really aired it out so far and through three games? The the big one to jo- to uh, I almost said Joey Galloway right. to Antonio Brown in right. Week One for forty seven yards. Yeah. Otherwise, it's been almost exclusively intermediate stuff, and it's been a lot more of really quick passes than Brady's had previously in his career, or even just last year. Yeah. And and the numbers again are right there. And when he's throwing the ball quickly, the Bucks are doing great. When he gets the ball out in two point five seconds or less. Let's see. He's be, where's the number? Yes, he's thrown for 545 passing yards, seven touchdowns. Both are the most in the NFL on quick passes, defined as fewer than 2.5 seconds wow. since he gets rid of the ball. It's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. He's I, got a he's he's got seven touchdowns and no interceptions on such passes, and a pass rating of 127.2. So this 
isn't the same as it was last year. Right now we're emphasizing quicker intermediate stuff. And I think that's because we've got so many receivers, and including like Gronkowski among the receivers, that mm-hmm. you can kind of flood the whole field sure. and make it impossible for them to cover everybody. Are you excited about this game? Not any more than normal. No. I don't know. Listening to you talk, you know, all the stats and everything, I'm starting to, I'm sitting here going, I'm starting to get excited about this game. Yeah. Why, you know, and I usually don't. I mean, even on Super Bowls, it's more nerves of yeah. trying to get everything together. Take but. everything out of it, though, and we've got a Sunday night game on the road, which yeah. for workers well, is not is probably the least fun thing you can have. Let's just say it's a good thing the Salty Dogs aren't recording on Monday. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to be wrecked. We are going to be, well, to give you a little prelude of us, we are, we'll, we'll be working all day on Sunday. And well, we don't have to go to the, I don't have to go to the stadium. No, I'll go, I'll go to the stadium about 2. Yeah, I'm not going okay. that early. But we'll probably get back to the hotel probably, if we're lucky, 2, two in the morning. 2 yeah. in the morning. And we have six o'clock flights, so <laughs> it's a quick turnaround because we have to get back. Nobody's going to gonna feel sorry for us. No, no, no. All so, right, all right. That, that, I just wanted to get those in before like we went it. on, and now now we're going to go to our guest, who is Alex Kappa. And as I'm going to tell him, uh, I s- explained to you that I wanted to ask for Alex Kappa this week because I was sitting at home thinking, who should we ask for? Who mm-hmm. should we ask for? Trying to come up with a storyline, like sure. Oh, maybe you know Tyler Johnson had a little more production than usual, maybe something like that. And I'm like. Why bother? Let's just think of somebody who I think would be a fun interview. And I don't think fans know that Alex Kappa has a pretty fun personality. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, an old lineman. They're fun. Not all of them, though. I think he's a little more. I don't know. He's he's funny. He's funny. You'll see. We'll hopefully. See. Hopefully. The salty dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast with Scott Smith and Jeff Ryan. And now we have our guest of the week with us, and that is starting right guard Alex Kappa. Alex, thanks a lot for giving us some of your time today. It's my pleasure. How are we doing? I'm doing we're good. here, smiling. Bro, I didn't Come have on, to spend baby. two hours out in the heat, though, so I'm probably doing better. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to be honest. We try to have a guest every week, and lots of times we're following a storyline, like when Bradley Pinion won Player of the Week. He was kind enough to come on with us. This week we just said – let's not worry about a storyline. Let's just ask somebody we think would be a fun interview. So not that you, you don't have a storyline. I mean, the, the offensive pass protection is kicking ass and, and you're rolling up 400 yards of offensive game, but we just thought it would be fun to talk to you. I hope that's, that's a good. lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure <laughs> on my performance there. Well, well, I do know, I do know when he was being asked, he wanted to know who was on the salty dogs. And then when he saw the list, he got a little concerned because we had some high power people and we think Alex, you are one of those people. So Wow, there were uh-huh. there were you guys have had some good guests. So I'll give you credit. You've had some good guests on here, and I and I love the fact that you asked who was on before you committed, and that I respect. I'm trying to do some recon. You know, I don't I don't just go on any podcast now. <laughs> he probably asked who we were, who who was the podcast, and then when he was told, Scott and Jeff said who. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Come on, come on. It, it hey, was um, it's a little more different because of all the protocols. We can't be around as much, so. So let's talk about how the O-line's doing and, and the offense in general. Are you guys pleased with your performance at this point? We can always get better. That's for sure. I mean, definitely coming off the last week, we weren't pleased with that. Um, there's some good stuff, but there's always room to improve. And obviously, we got to play better than we did last week. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the sack numbers are good. And Tom's obviously had a lot of time to throw. He's getting the ball off quickly, it seems like, this year. Has, has there been more of an emphasis on, on quicker passes, getting it out of his hand quickly? 
Tom said as long as we want him to hold it, that's how long he wants to hold it. So <laughs> he's he's always great about that, man. That's it's great having him back there. He he knows what the deal is, obviously, and uh he's great about uh helping us out as well. Wait, Speaking when, of Tom, Jeff, one more. Speaking of Tom, sure. I'm gonna tell you something you're probably not aware of, but he's going back to New England to play the Patriots this weekend. It's it's a what? little under the radar story. I don't know if you've heard about that. What's the relevance of that? <laughs> So it sounds like everybody's just treating it like a normal game. Is is that the case? I mean, in terms of your preparation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like we can try harder this week. Trust me, we tried as hard as we could last week. We're going to try as hard as we can next week. So the preparation's all the same. When Whenever I hear say we can do better, I'm just curious, in your opinion, as the offensive line, you personally, what can you do better that you feel like you need to do? Well, for one, we can run the ball better. Um, those numbers obviously aren't where we want them to be. And then uh, last week is, I mean, it was good overall, but it was, it was a little sloppy. Tom got hit a little too much, and, and we got to clean that up. Um, Go ahead, Scott. Um, just changing gears a little bit. I, I see you went to Dublin High School. Did you grow up in Dublin? I did, oh. yeah. So I just looked that up real quick, and apparently it's one of the fastest growing cities in the entire United States. What's, what's so great about that place? It's freaking beautiful, man. <laughs> it's in the, it's in the East Bay in California. So that's where a lot of the, like, uh, people who live in Silicon Valley or work in Silicon Valley, rather, that's kind of, they live out there and they commute. Um, that's like, but both my parents grew up out there and they tell me about how it was all like fields and farmland when they were kids, you know, and now it's freaking houses everywhere. And, the house prices are obviously exploding and it's a good place to grow up and, and growing up. Um, you, you like baseball, you played baseball for a few years. Uh, did you ever think about uh, maybe doing baseball rather than football? Dude, I played baseball my whole life. I started when I was five. Um, and that really was my first love. I, I did that all the way through high school and I, me and my dad, every night we'd have the A's game on watching baseball and I thought that was going to be uh, I thought that was going to be it. I thought that's where I was going to go. And then uh, in high school, I started playing football and I was, I was good at baseball, but baseball is hard, man. Yeah, baseball is yeah. really hard. And so it became pretty evident that uh, my future would be better off in football. Were you a pitcher? No, I played catcher mostly. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to go into the majors, be a catcher. That'd be a freaking sweet deal. <laughs> Um, I might have to drop a few pounds at this point though, yeah. to go play catch with us. No, no, it depends on who's pitching. You can block anything. That's a I good know, thing. Sabathia did pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, you you went from there, Dublin, then to Humboldt State, and I don't know, is that close to Dublin? Is that close to where you grew up? Uh, it's in California, but it's about five hours north. Oh, okay. Up in the Redwoods, yeah. Nice. So let me see. Can you name any of the other three players that have been drafted out of Humboldt State? Oh, my gosh. It's good. Put you You're putting me on the spot right there. No one has been drafted. I, I think the last one was a receiver in like 1990. Is that accurate? You got the year right. The receiver that was drafted was in 73, though. There yeah. was a linebacker named Dave Harper. I thought maybe there might be jerseys up around the football facility or something. Maybe I'm putting them to shame right now. I don't know. I might have just disappointed yeah. a lot of people. Not at like, all. Maybe they maybe they need to consider putting jerseys up of the people who got drafted out of there, right? Well, if they brought the football program back, people might know a little more about it. You know? Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> um, interesting enough, you know, everyone, you know they, everyone wants to know about, fo you know, football and games and stuff like that. 
but I did a little research and I'm a little, I, I always understand offensive linemen are different than anybody else. They're, they're fun. They're like little boys having a good time all the time. <laughs> you, you were in drama class on the drama club and you were also doing improv. So fill us in on this. What do you want to know? I want to know drama. What, what play were you in and what role did you have? Oh, I was in a few. The uh, my both my older brothers did did drama. Um, one of them did improv, so I always had fun doing that. Um, my sophomore year in high school, I was in a one act. It was called Electric Roses, Ooh. and the reason I mentioned that one, I played an abusive husband, which is a little <laughs> rough. Um, but it is where I met my wife. So my wife was in that play with me, um, and she was actually my wife in the play she was leaving me which we are doing better in real life so that's good <laughs> yeah sophomore year of high school that's where i met my wife we acted together wow that's, that's phenomenal awesome yeah were you that, were you good at improv because that seems really yeah. hard uh i was i was all right i was pretty good i did it for uh three years in high school improv team captain you know little Ooh. flex no big deal so <laughs> but it was a lot of fun now, do you have any desire to do stand-up no, I kind of do, but stand uh, all that stuff is really hard, man. It's you, you really have to dedicate yourself to it. Um, so maybe when I'm an old man, I have a little more free time. Mm -hmm. But um, honestly, though, you get a thrill. You get a thrill doing that stuff. It's it's different than sports, but it's it's a lot of fun when you're on stage. See, I think what you could do once you retire the improv of all the things that happen in the O line room, I think it would be a hit. That'd be a good sketch. That'd be a good sketch. Speaking of improv, did you try to play on your fractured ankle in that playoff game after you heard it? I tried. It didn't go well, but I tried. Yes, man. How did do you, you do know that? it was broken? No, I mean, well, when it happened, we're in a two-minute drill. So uh -huh. you really you really try not to get, get a freaking injury timeout because that cost us a timeout when I did. Um so I tried to pop up, but I just took too long to get up. And so the refs blew it dead and it cost us a timeout. And then uh, you go into halftime and you tape it up and it's really hard. I mean, you, obviously it hurts, but you don't know what's going on, you know? So they tape it up and then everyone comes in at half and they're like, are you good? Are you good? And I'm like, I don't, that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and then I went back out there and I was not good. So when did you feel fully good again? How long did it take? Uh, it took a while. I mean, once, uh, it was clear that I wasn't going to play in the Super Bowl, we, we really took our time. We did, you don't want to rush it when you're in the off season. So it took a while, but we were also taking our time with it. No. And now it's all good, right? Yeah, I'm great now. How was that emotionally for you? You know, obviously winning the Super Bowl, you're part of that team. That's a fantastic accomplishment, but you would have wanted to be out there. I'm sure. Oh, hundred percent. Um, and I was in like denial that I was like, oh, I was like, Oh yeah, I got a chance to play in this thing. Maybe oh. I'm trying to come back quick here. <laughs> um, yeah, of, co of course you want to be out there, but I was, I was really happy for the guys, man. It was, that's freaking exciting stuff. At what point did you realize you weren't going to be out there? Uh, what time was kickoff? <laughs> <laughs> Something like six 30, I think. Yeah, there you go. That's great. That's well, Alex, great. we really appreciate your time. We said we'd only keep you for 10 minutes. And we're going to stick to our word. Yep. But, uh, appreciate that. And it was, it was, uh, 
It was good to learn that you were an improv team captain. Learn something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the fact he met his wife. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Sophomore in high school. Wow. I'm glad it's going a lot better. I guess when you find your true love, that's it. I'm with you. I like it. She's a keeper. All right. Thanks. Thanks Thanks. a lot, Alex. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you. The Salty Dogs. And we're back for our final segment here of the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm we, Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's, I told you he was fun. He's a good, he's funny. He, you would not have – how many offensive linemen are just going to throw out there that they were in drama and I improv, know. right? I'm proud of it. Well, I mean, when yeah, when you're a good football player, I mean, yeah. I don't, don't think you have to worry about people thinking you were a geek or something. And, and it, I, I like the fact that, like he said, he played baseball when, since he was five years old, you know, and then went to football. So you played two sports, you know, wasn't that – you're only going to play this sport, so yeah, we've talked about them before. I yeah, think guys that play a lot of sure a lot of sports are that was fun. Them. And like I said, they are O linemen are different creatures. I really did put them on the spot with that humble. I loved question. it, but so I I was trying to remember. He said in there, I guess they they discontinued they been, the program. Yeah, I know I didn't realize that. That I, must stink. I must yeah for an alum. Yeah, but he is only the fourth guy ever drafted out of that school. Uh, crazy, and the first one since '90. And the highest drafted one ever. He did have a California vibe, though. Extremely. I loved it. Extremely. Totally. He, he looked. He, he he kind of perked up when I asked him about what's so great about Dublin. Oh, he he was selling. I mean, I'm going to have to see where it is. He <laughs> it was is sell, He was selling me on it. I was just trying to figure out where it was, and so I was reading the Wikipedia page, sure. and it's like the second fastest growing city in all of California, and one of like maybe top ten in all of the United States. Yeah. So I'm like. Obviously, California's beautiful, so that sure that wasn't and I like I like what he said about the orange groves or all the tree all the, yeah. the all that and then houses are being built. You see a lot. I mean, that's just that's, I I got the point. A lot of the the Silicon Valley bros, uh-huh. you know, want to move a little bit away. While they move away from Silicon Valley, they go there. They drive housing prices up, and yeah. the people that live there can't afford the houses <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Then they have to move. Yeah. It's just a vicious cycle. I think I saw also there's some companies putting their like Petco or something putting big headquarters yeah. there. So that place is just sure. booming. Sure. So move to move to uh, Dublin, Maybe. California, I'll if you want to. If you want some new could opportunities be in my future. Continue. Okay, so this first one is from Mark. In Mesa, Arizona. Okay. Um, I've been to Mesa, Arizona. It's beautiful I've been there, there too. Yeah. That's My dad nice. lived in Tempe for like 25 oh, years, which okay. is right next to Mesa. Sure. In fact, I had a job in Mesa for a while. I was working as a waiter in a hotel restaurant in Mesa, Arizona. Wow. So I, I went up to you there. You've just been there. I've worked there. Wow. So this starts, Connie, I don't, probably not pronouncing this right, Connie Salati, okay. which he says is a, is a town for... You guessed it. He doesn't write it out, but obviously that means salty dogs. Oh. Which makes sense. Like canine, connie. Got it. And salati does. I didn't know that was the Italian word for salt, but. like it. I don't know much. I don't know any Italian. I'd love to see former players. This is a good question for you, Jeff. Really good question for you. I'd love to see former players stay involved with Buccaneers media media offerings with Dave Moore on the radio broadcast and Ronnie Barber's film session videos being some of the most prominent examples. Pause here for a second to say smart fan watching the Ronde Barber film session because those are awesome. I learned something every time I watch one of those. I learned something. Which other former Bucks players do you guys think would shine behind the mic oh. or in front of the camera? How about any current players? Thank you for doing what you guys do. Go Bucks, Mark and Mesa. Well, just turn on ESPN and just turn on NFL Network and NBC and see a bunch of them. Well, let's see. There's Booger. Tony Dungy did a radio show with me. 
Booger did a radio show. You're with a kingmaker. Trent Dilfer, when he he did a radio show with me. John Lynch did radio with me. Uh, when Sap was doing uh, media, network. he was doing radio with me. Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway did radio with me. Um, Chris, did I say Chris Sims? You didn't say Chris. Chris Sims. We did radio with him. So you're um, you're just you're making. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I'm doing wrong because I'm here and they're all on national. <laughs> so stuff, this is so great. Then you can decide who's going to be yeah. next to, to answer this question here. I, yeah, well, who are you, you going to make into the next media? Well, I, I, I think the, the question is who wants to do it. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the point. But who do you think would be good if they wanted? Ali Marpet. I was going to say the same thing. Ali Marpet. I can't believe you be came ex- up with the same no, name. No, well, he's, I've done. We've done TV and radio with okay. him. Okay. Uh, Allie would be very, very good. Uh, Donovan Smith would actually be very they, good. Yeah, they yeah. used to have a show together, didn't they? They did. Um, I think if they wanted to, but I don't think they do, but I think they would be good at it, is Mike Evans, because he gives some really good, thoughtful answers. Oh, okay. You know, and that's kind of what you go with. There's guys that will give you flair, but then there's guys that give you make make you think. Yeah, and he's and a smart guy. He's a smart guy. Um, so I thought it was funny today or yesterday when he talked, was it today or yesterday, when he said, um, somebody, they asked him about some incidents and, uh, where he was mad during the game. Because he's like, I get mad a lot during games. Mm-hmm. He's like, I get mad a lot. But the, what wasn't said is that part of his career arc has been handling that much, much, sure. much better. I mean, he used to get all those penalties or he even got ejected from a game, I think, because when bad stuff would happen or we'd get a stupid penalty called against him, it snowballed. He, he, he would, the emotions, he didn't control them well early in his career, and he has completely solved that problem, and it's very impressive, because in that situation, it's not like you're not still mad, you're just controlling it. Sure, better. sure. You can't stop it yourself from getting mad about right. something. You control what you can control, and that's yourself. I have to still work on that. <laughs> you, know. So, um, you know, I'll tell you who would be very good, uh, and just watching him in person one time, Richard Sherman would be very good. Oh, well, yeah, I think he that's would, obvious. He, he would be very good. But, you know, I, a lot of guys don't want to do it. Some guys want to do it because it keeps them. Oh, I didn't mention Keyshawn Johnson. He, we also did radio with him. Um, I know he was one of your favorites. Um, I think that. Notice I didn't say anything. I noticed. Because of what your mom tells you, right? Um, the. Um, yeah, I, it just depends on what guys want to do. You know, like Rondé did Fox for a while, and he, he did it for like seven years. And was now, it seven years? I think it was like wow. seven years. So then he, uh, how long is he? How long has he, he had been out? 2012, I believe, was his last okay. year. So, yeah. The first Shiano year, right? Right. Probably, so, probably that's what just, it's made him decide to hang it up. Uh, it's like, I don't need any more of this. Foolish part of me. I should have. <laughs> um, the, uh, so... You know, a lot of t- but you yeah, know, those are good answers. Well, yeah. One of the things too, though, is when you do network TV and stuff like that, you have to leave on Fridays. It's a lot more. You know, if you like, would you know, when we were traveling team travel, as like Dave said to me, it makes it, it's good for him because you know Dave runs a business. Yeah. But um, a very successful one. Very, yes, and um, but he he enjoys it, and he and he still you know loves watching film and all. He's of good that at it. And very good at it. Very good explaining. So I think the thing about Richard Sherman mm-hmm. is is. Um, if he wanted to do it, he'd obviously be sure. very good at it. I think there are probably some players who don't want to do it because they don't want to be on air saying negative things. Mm-hmm. And so I think for Richard Sherman, because if I get the impression that if he was on a broadcast, he would say what he felt. He wouldn't, like, you know, avoid saying something just because it wasn't necessarily positive. There, there is, Which is fine if you mm-hmm. want to do it. But here's the thing, and this is something that I've always preached to talent. It's okay to say when it's a bad play. 
It's okay to say Scott missed it. Right. It's okay. It's when you make it personal yeah. that it becomes an issue. Well, and that's a lot a good of guys, advice. And a lot of guys cross over to the personal part that they think ranting and, you know, mm-hmm. screaming. And, and it's if you keep it just what it's supposed to be, you're never going to have a problem. Because, you know, it's interesting. Dave and I all have this conversation, and Dave will say some things. And Dave's feeling is if, a, if anybody ever, if a player talked to him about it, he would say, well, let's look at the tape. I'm not saying anything that the coach just didn't say to you. And, I, and that's, that's, I think, how it should be. Yeah. It's not. But I don't think necessarily every guy wants to do that. No. So there might be some guys that could be good at it, but mm-hmm. just simply don't want to be on air saying, calling out a guy when he doesn't make a good play. No. It's and a, that's fine. Sure. Sure. So I think that would that be part a, of the decision-making for that sure. does, and, and that's a good question. And your answers were good as well. Okay. Um, this is from Rich. Uh, who's part of the UK mm-hmm. Buccaneers thing? Nice um, from Manchester, which, by the way, was the name of the town that I grew up in in St. Louis, really? the suburb Manchester. Yeah. Yes, I want to go to Manchester. I want to go to. I want to go in to St. Louis. No. no, yeah, I was gonna say there's not really that much. Yeah, I mean it's fine. No. It's just a normal little town. No, because I I keep thinking Manchester, UK is small, but it's really not. And oh. I'm, I'm very curious to it's see. It's big it. enough for couple soccer teams, right? Yeah, but but there there are smaller cities that have soccer teams. I said yeah. a couple soccer teams. Yeah. Okay, so here I'm going to... They have Man U and they have... Um, Man City? Man City. Is, is that, that... See, I don't know, and I'm going to... I gonna, believe it is. Manchester United and Manchester... City. There's a Manchester City yeah. team, for sure. Correct. But I'm going to display my utter, complete ignorance about soccer and England mm-hmm. by saying, I don't know if Manchester City is the same thing as Manchester. It's in the same town, I believe it is. Okay. I well, believe. Big I, enough for two soccer I games. believe it is. Somebody will probably tell us, like maybe Rich here. Well, By the way, if you want to send us questions, if you made it this far into it and you <laughs> like hearing um, these questions answered, send us something. Send it, just yeah. you can Whatever you want to know. It doesn't even have to be like we just answered something about media. and it, you know, it wasn't like who should be running the football or whatever. Correct. So email it to uh, saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Manchester City, a football club commonly abbreviated as Man City, right. is an English football club based in Manchester. Well, there you go. That competes in the Premier League. There you go. So yeah. it's a big enough place for two two yeah, major soccer uh, teams. But I, those, that is that's on my bucket list to go to to go there and go to a, as they call it a football game. A Man U game, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe would, those two playing each other. Would there, that would be awesome. Yes. On the pitch. Yeah. That's I right, do isn't love it? that. Yes, on the pitch. The pitch. Yes. Is it nine on nine or eleven on eleven? How many people are on a soccer team at once? I feel like it might be eleven. Goalie. But you're actually counting this. Well, I'm trying to. I'm going to go to the next question. Okay. Or go. this question. Go ahead. Raise the authentic red flag, salty ones. Ah. He said that before. He I think this is a guy who sent us the picture of some Jolie. Yes, Rouges. yes, yes, yes. I hope you find. I hope you and your families are both well. Mine is. Yes, same. My son's doing a real good job up at Georgia Tech, yeah. having a great time, joining every club known to man. Mm-hmm. With both the Rams and Chargers seemingly settling into L.A., it got me into thinking about the possibility of the NFL expanding in future years. If this was to happen, how would it work with both the NFC and AFC being nice and even? Right. I assume if, if it were to happen, eventually they would add one team per division, which would bring the magic number to 40, but surely they wouldn't add eight new franchises in one go. So how would this work? What cities would you like to get 
see get a franchise? And if, if you were to hit the jackpot and on your own team, what would you call them and where would you be based? Also, Scott, is this the longest the NFL has gone without expanding? And realistically, how big could it get? Okay. Hmm. Um, let me start at the end there. Expansion was 2002 was the most recent, so that's 19 years. Right. Before that, it was 95, so that was only seven years. That would have been the Ravens and... No. The Ravens were kind of a special thing because they... So it was the Jacks- it was Jackson- was Jacksonville and Carolina? Yeah, Jacksonville and Carolina was 95. And I think the, the Browns came back in 99. Yeah. And so that was kind of an expansion okay. of, by one team. Which well, the Browns, the Browns are an expansion team. Not the way they, the NFL considered it. Oh, no. They, 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 they left kept all, all the, the history, so they considered okay. Baltimore the expansion, expansion team. team. Um, but that still didn't keep, that still didn't increase the number of teams until Cleveland came back. Mm-hmm. And then the NFL briefly was at 31, which was really awkward. Sure. So the adding of Houston in 2002 was awesome, as Rich here says. It's such a perfect number with four, four team divisions in each mm-hmm. league, and the way that the the rotation of the scheduling it can be done and everything. It's perfect. I'm with it's you. It's perfect. So before 95, I believe, was uh, 76 with the Buccaneers in Seattle. And then before that, I guess you would say the expansion was the merger in 1970. Yes. So, yes, this is the longest that the – well, 76 to 95 was 19 years. So this equals the longest that the NFL has gone without expanding. Here's, here's something. Is there – and you can research this. I have a question. Question for Scott Smith. Is there a player that played for Seattle and then Tampa? Because both of those were expansion teams. I'm sure. You think there? You mean ever? Yeah. You think? Well, like Bradley McDougald. Okay, there you go. There's probably been a number, number of, of them. them. Yes. Okay. That's I was just you just when you just talking expansion, I was thinking about a Seattle. But it, but they Jim were, Zorn played for Seattle and then played for the Bucks because he was a, pl- a replacement quarterback in 1987. Oh, yes, scab, yeah. Yeah, You went right there. I don't necessarily disagree, but I was not using that word. I'm a union guy. Yeah, (laughs) me too. So so Uh, he he wonders, is the NFL... The NFL is always going to consider expanding because it's more money. Sure. It's why they expand the schedule. It's why they expand the playoffs. That's why they play in England or the UK. It's about generating more revenue. It's about about expanding the game. If you were to get an expansion team now, there would be a fee. And oh. I can't even imagine what it would be. Five hundred, I billion dollars, I maybe. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, to, to try to get into the league now, if you had to, I'm just not sure. I know uh, there's a fee. Yeah, I, I think it would be well, huge. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, d- and then more teams means more games, more right. broadcasts, right. bigger broadcast contracts. But I'm hoping it, it wouldn't change my bottom line. No, <laughs> you know, So yeah, I will say from a personal standpoint. I hope there is no expansion, and if there is going to be, I hope it just it takes as long as possible until it happens because the the league is at a perfect size right now. Uh-huh. And any time you're going to expand it, you're going to dilute the product a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think if they expand, I think it's out of the country. How many – oh, that's a good point. How many teams are happy with their quarterback situation right now or in any given year right now? You know, 20? Depends on whether you won last week or not. No, 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 no. That's not true. Um, seriously, how many teams feel good – for the next four or five years about where they are with their quarterback situation right now. It's, there's not yeah, enough good quarterbacks no. for every team to have one right. every year. So when you start adding teams, that problem's just going to get worse. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't like the idea of expanding, but you have to always consider that it could happen. There's no way they would do eight teams in one year. No. 
So they won't worry about the math. They didn't worry about the math when they changed the schedule from 16 games to 17. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't no. factor in that because right. it messes up all the math. And teams are playing nine games I on the road. Forget, I keep for, yeah, I keep forgetting we have 17 games this year. So if they were to expand, um, I would imagine they would try to do two teams at once. That's sure. the best way to do it, to keep at least an even number of teams. Because so. otherwise, somebody has to be off every week. I and remember so. those few years when it was 31 players, somebody had to buy in week one and somebody had to buy in week 17. You had to. And would one of the teams go to St. Louis? I don't think they're going back there again. But part of this question was, if I got one, where would I base it? I mean, I'd, I'd have to bring it back to my to my hometown of St. Louis. I right. mean, they've I, been. That's why I threw it out there. I would do that, but I don't think the NFL is sure. going back no. right now. No, well, not now. Not if it's because it's yeah, they're court. not happy with each other. Yeah. Where would you put a team in in the United States? Wow, that's a tough one. Portland. I. Yeah, I don't know if Portland can handle it. I'm not sure Portland could could. Uh, you could go back to San Diego. Yeah, I I would think San Diego or back to Oakland. I no, think. No. I, I, yes, I think I think. No. The, they did not leave. The Raiders did not leave Oakland because the fans weren't coming. No, absolutely. That's they not the left case. because they couldn't get yeah. a stadium. Right. So that to me is there is football core there. Yeah, you, know. you can have Oakland. I'll take San Diego. Yeah, San okay. Diego's beautiful. Yeah, that's true. But you know, Oakland's just across from it's just across from San Francisco. So it's where else could we go? Well, you could you could just kind of stop for a second and think of where where in this country it's lacking. You know, right. where there's a population to handle it. Uh, San Antonio. See, but you already got two teams. I mean, I know we have three teams there's in three Florida. Teams. How many teams are in California? Yeah. Four. San Francisco. No, three. San Francisco. Oh, cause, yeah, because the Raiders left. Sure. So, I mean. I mean, Texas is big. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, Oklahoma City, I kind of doubt. Yeah, I, it's too close to. Uh, yeah, you got to kind of look at it. And, you know, I'm not so sure. Um, you, you know, most of the medium-sized cities got it. Tennessee got one. Charlotte got one. You know, Jacksonville got one. You know, I like you your international idea. I think I would. And so you could do, you know, everyone goes, oh, how would you do that? Now, you could do an international team in Canada, too, like baseball. Yeah. You could do Toronto. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And it would be pretty cool. I like that idea. Now, if you did. I if, might take Toronto if that's on the board. Yeah. If you did, if you did the, um, if you did England, it's, as everybody goes, oh, that's way too far to go. Well, it's kind of like going to the West Coast. Now, it's really, really far if you're a West Coast team. To go, yeah, but like go f- over the globe instead. Sure, sure. So you remember we did out. that when we went to Tokyo. We yep. went kind of over the globe instead of around it. We did. All right. I All think. Right. Did we get enough of that question? I Andrew? think we did. Um, okay. Ahoy, salty ones. This is our this is our buddy in Brazil, Alexander. Okay. I hope this finds you both well. Yes, we lost, but we were not expecting a perfect season, were we? No, no. we were discussing that. We were not. With all the records Mr. Brady collects every week, I was wondering if he is the oldest. I think he meant probably meant to say oldest, mm-hmm. the oldest Bucks player to lead the team in rushing in a game. Because he did in this last game. He had like three runs for 14 yards. Yeah, like I said, you know you got a you got an issue with your running game when you're 44-year-old quarterback. He's yeah. your lead rusher. Yeah, so that's a not bad... Not that there's anything wrong being 44. Well, I hope not. Uh, yeah, so that's a bad thing, obviously, when your leading rusher has is your quarterback, and he, unless it's like Lamar Jackson, sure. when it's Tom Brady and he has 14 yards. 
that's that's obvious, but it still is kind of a cool note mm -hmm. um, here that he's asking, and I messed up because I could have looked that up on Stathead. I can't do it on my phone because I don't remember the password. That's all right. Um, but that is something I can look up, and I will, so hopefully I can, I'll keep this and try to answer it next week because it's a, it's a fun question because you, 44, I doubt, I don't think there's been a 44-year-old yeah. running back. No. So it, it is quite possible that you Tom Brady is the oldest player ever. You, you may have to look at George Blanda. Yeah, or Vinny Testaverde. Well, yeah, George Blanda, yeah, and Vinny, because they were, they were quarterbacks at but 44. The, Blanda might have just been kicking by that point. No, he was kicking, yes. But when Daryl LaMonica would get hurt, they'd bring Blanda <laughs> in because they were the Raiders, and that You're was my team. Yourself. I was a child. <laughs> I'm just saying. Have you ever not watched NFL films? I don't remember ever seeing a George Blanda film. Really? Really? You should. <laughs> okay. He's pretty Send it to me. And the best part about that is like Sonny Jorgensen when he was a quarterback. He had a big beer belly. I mean, <laughs> it was great. You see those old films, yeah. those guys, you're going, wow, I could have, you know, yeah. you didn't have to be an athlete. So the, it, it's very possible that Brady does have that record. I wish I had remembered to look it up. Mm -hmm. I can't do it here, but I will. What you will do is you will give me that piece of paper, and I'll put it with my Beefo Brady's paper that goes okay. in with all the equipment. Okay. And then when I pull it out, I go, oh, Scott, did you find this answer? So how's that? I tried to slide it down the table and made like two feet. That's because this table is a really half a football table. field away <laughs> from each other. That's the last question, Jeff. All right. Well, good. I thought it went really, really well. Well, I, we appreciate fun. having Alex on. Yeah, he was fun. He yeah. was a lot of fun. You yeah. gotta, you gotta think of next week's guest. Who else would be fun? I don't know. You don't have to do it right now. Just between now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I came up with this one and it worked out well. Good job. Good job. Uh, thank the folks at Beefo Brady's. Uh, of course, you come into this podcast because you're getting all buck information and classic information. And well, since you're in that mode, you can find them also. Your classics at Beefs, Wings, Nachos, Angus Burgers, Beer. Put them all together and you get beef O'Brien's hungry for tailgating greatness. And this Sunday, I'm sure you will be. Tries boot, tries boots, try beefs <laughs> to go. Try some boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While you're at beefs. Well, you are. I would. Try beefs to go or full-on catering. Beef O'Brady's where good time meets tailgating time. Wow. It's really where game time meets. But it's good time, too. Well done, Jeff. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Since you did. Thanks for listening.